Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of What's in the Pod, hosted by me, Ben Grabia. On today's episode, I'm joined by my dad to discuss the 2003 movie School of Rock. This movie holds such a special place in my heart and my dad's. The two of us watched that movie together 30 times when I was a kid. Um, I took about a five to six year break from watching it. And I was re-watching it, getting ready for this pod, and it's therapeutic. It's good for the soul. If you come to my podcast and you listen to them and you haven't seen the movie in a couple years, that's fine. But I suggest that you know before you listen to this pod, you go back, you go on Netflix, and you watch School of Rock, and you just feel happy. Because right now, I'm searching for everything to make us feel happy. So without further ado, here we go. I pledge allegiance to the band of Mr. Schneebly and will not fight him for creative control and will defer to him on all issues related to the musical direction of the band. Let's get rocking! All right, Dad, welcome to the two-time guest club. You have joined Mickey. How does it feel? <laughs> uh, I, I feel good, I guess, I guess. Uh, Sorry, I don't Mickey's, have a gold jacket or anything. Yeah, Mickey's got to be one on like six or seven pods now. Like I got a long way to catch up to Mickey. Five. I think he's a five-timer now. Oh, yeah. He's a five-timer. Do you get him a jacket, get him into the club? You got him like, like a high five. You should get a specialty. Mickey, if you're listening to this, you should demand some sort of special honoree thing, like a five-timer, a ten-timer, even like a, a, a subway stamp card. Yeah. Still have <laughs> Let's give Mickey free subways. Every, like, hey, yeah. dude, every five, every pod, five pods you do, I'll give you like a six-inch, <laughs> like a six-inch sub or something. Yeah. Uh, or like a half a case of beer. Yeah. <laughs> you got to earn the full thing. You got to do like yeah. that. 10 or 12 yeah and then after 10 it's like yeah no more no and then more. no more that's it there's a there's a cap there's a hard cap yeah 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 you could host you could do it a hundred more times but you only get the first you only get the you only get the full length sub like once and that's it and a half a case of beer that's it a half a case of beer yeah uh, yeah a cr like crumpled up pack of smokes or something yeah just go really Canadian with it. Tim, uh, uh, a double double. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, you got to go Timmy's exactly. Uh, uh, all right. Yeah. Before we get into the top five section, I'm just going to give the basic background on School of Rock. Right on. School of Rock was released on October 3rd, 2003. After being kicked out of his rock band, Dewey Finn becomes a substitute teacher of an uptight elementary private school, only to try and turn his class into a rock band. Written by Mike White. Directed by Richard Linklater, starring Jack Black, Joan Cusack, Mike White, Sarah Silverman, Miranda Cosgrove, Joey Gados Jr., Robert Tsai, and Kevin Alexander Clark, and then a bunch of the other kids as well. It was a $35 million budget and made $131 million worldwide. Did pretty good for itself. Yeah, that's sweet. And Jack Black was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical. All right. Let's go you to the top. He, he didn't win, right? Did, I mean, no. We should have checked to see if who won so we could just yeah. boo them. 
Well, whoever won, boo. Boo. Like, unless literally, it was, Jack unless Black it was is, Leo. Unless it was Leo, right? If it was Leo, you're going to take Leo. Let's be honest. I'll still take Jack Black. You're going to no take way, Leo. No way Leo's in, like a, in that no. in a comedy. Well, but... Catch Me If You Can might have been on Golden Globe comedy, like thing. I don't know if it would have been the same year, but I could see that them putting that kind of movie into that category. But whatever. It's the Globes. They, they just do weird shit, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like the... <laughs> It's like the pre yeah. before the Oscars. No one cares about the. Yeah, they could. You could have like the. They could have put like Schindler's List, and they'd be like, "Let's put it in the comedy section, just to fuck <laughs> with people." That's what the Globes do. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it reminds me of the Seinfeld thing. I'm like, wasn't that funny? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. For uh, today's top five section, I asked my dad to come in with his top five favorite bands mentioned in the movie, which is like every relevant band before the 2000s basically yeah so yeah let's go i'll let you start it off and we'll just kind of just give me your five and we'll go back and forth all right so i'm gonna start with uh uh one that's mentioned on the board an artist that's mentioned on the board but isn't mentioned in the movie per se but uh i'm gonna because i want more people to know about him it's the great bo diddley who created the, the great uh hey bo diddley like everyone knows that beat the bo diddley beats like the dun 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 that's like a famous that's bo diddley um so that's that's my man love the boat so that's my that's my first pick i'm gonna go oh, off the board honestly actually sorry i i can i just do a total sports reference there too he was also he did a great uh remember well you wouldn't remember but you know of like the the bo knows the bo jackson campaign like yeah when he was super famous he did a camp he did a, a song with it was like Bo knows, and it was Bo Diddley and, and Bo Jackson. Sorry, anyways, I don't know why it made me think of that, but it did. <laughs> All right, my number five, also kind of off the radar. You kind of, if you aren't paying attention to the movie, you might miss it. Is is the White Stripes? Um, nice. And Jack White, and now Jack White's kind of on his own now, but yeah, I love that. Jack band. and Meg, and it comes up. When does it come up? Well, when Freddie is walking down and he's talking to the right. bassist, he's like, "Name one good chick, chick drummer, and drummer, she, or whatever." Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she drives Meg White. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, she's not that good. And she's like, she's <laughs> he's better than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, right, that's, where, and that's where Freddie gets in trouble for rolling up his sleeves or whatever. And that little guy's like, yeah, you're the man, Mrs. or whatever. <laughs> she's like, thanks. They all laugh at her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. My uh, second band would be, uh, well, I mean, ACDC, obviously, featured very prominently in the band. Uh, yeah, in the movie, so that would be my second choice. Yeah, um, my number four here is Jimi Hendrix, who's mentioned also quite often in the in the movie, and it's kind of like a you know everyone's if you're a guitarist, you like you look up to him, and he's got to be one of the most influential people ever. Yeah, I mean, I always sort of undervalue him myself. I sure wouldn't say undervalue him, but like if you're, I don't usually put him on lists because he just died so young, and there was only like a couple albums, right? So. I always tend to sort of lead to someone who has like a longer catalog, but yeah, in terms of influence, even today, um, he would probably be, if you were to ask any rock guitarist, he's going to be probably top three mm. um, on everybody still. So uh, my other, uh, my next one would uh, be the Rolling Stones, of course, of course. Uh, the second greatest rock and roll band of all time. I'll get to the first greatest one, but uh yeah, uh, mine I got here is Led Zeppelin, and uh, nice. Led Zeppelin's awesome. And I guess a little fun fact is Led Zeppelin's 
they're hard to get into movies. Like they don't just give away their songs just whenever. And Jack Black and Richard Linklater got into a room with people and they like begged Led Zeppelin to put immigrants on in it. So I think when, I mean, I wouldn't have seen it in theaters or I wouldn't have, maybe if I did see in theaters, I wouldn't have like known, but I'm assuming like when you saw it in theaters, it was kind of like immigrant song. Oh, like, oh my God. Oh yeah. It was totally like, there is a video actually. What they did is the, you know, the crowd that they use at the end of the movie, like for the scenes, the competition or whatever, they basically use that same crowd and Jack Black just basically talking to them is like, Hey everyone, like, please help me beg Led Zeppelin. And then it's on YouTube. I think it must've been an extra of the DVD or whatever, but it, it is on YouTube. But yeah, I remember like, it's a total nerd thing, but I knew, like, I remember seeing the movie and like grabbing Van's hand and she was like, what, what's going on? I was like, oh my God, they're using Led Zeppelin. Do you know how hard it is? Like, it's impossible to use Led Zeppelin. And of course they do Immigrant Song, which is amazing. I mean, I think they use more of that now. Like it's in Shrek 3 or whatever, yeah. like, when they attack the castle or whatever. With the, ah, come it's from in, the land of the... It's in Thor oh, yeah, Ragnarok too. Yes, that's right. They use it amazingly well in Thor Ragnarok. That's right, I mm -hmm. forgot about that. Yeah. Um, which is perfect because that's what it's written about like hammer of the gods yeah yeah um but yeah that's a good one um and then i guess the last the band that i have excuse me i'm burping i had some coke um inside insider information for anyone listening to there I like to drink coca-cola <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're gonna get when you make it to the five-time club it's just a thing yeah. of coke <laughs> That would actually be a great gift. I'll take it. I'll totally take it. <laughs> oh, he knows me so well. It's like a single tear. Um, is the Beatles. Uh, that's the, They're the greatest rock and roll band of all time. You know, some people will be like, well, the Beatles aren't really rock and roll. Like, fuck off. They are. They're rock and roll. <laughs> they started with the rockabilly era. They kind of went along all the way to like, you know, like they went from like Everly Brothers and Elvis and Little Richard to doing psychedelic rock, inventing psychedelic rock to doing like you know, Revolution and uh, Get Back and all these other great rock and roll songs. They are on the list. They're the best. I will fight people over that. Yeah, you don't have to tell me twice that they're the best yeah. rock band ever. I just, I always, like, forgot that you have to, like, really look to see when they're on that little chalkboard because they're not mentioned, like, at all. Throughout the no, movie. they're not. And they're actually very tiny mentioned. Like, it's, like, British Invasion or something. And it just says, like, the Beatles. And it's, like, it should be, like... <laughs> huge it should be the, that and then everything else kind of flows from yeah. that but yeah so that that's a pretty good list do you have any any like any honorable mentions or anything you want to before we move on well there's can i talk about the bands that are not on the board that the egregious yeah. misses that <laughs> so one of the cool things that's out there now is fans have obviously like screen cap taking a, a freeze frame of the of the, the chalkboard uh, and they've like basically recreated it. So you can get really good images now that sort of show you the whole board. And it's interesting because it kind of starts as it should down the bottom left with like jazz and blues. Cause that's where rock and roll comes from, from jazz and blues. But it doesn't actually list any artists. Same with country, it doesn't. And like, okay, I get that. They're not really there, but it's interesting to me, like Muddy Waters should be on that list. Howling Wolf should be on that list. Uh, even like Coltrane and Miles Davis should be on that list, if not so much for the, the sound they created, but for the influence that their sound had on other rock bands. Like, the, I, mean, I know the Almond Brothers and the Beach Boys, and these are, they were listening to this stuff, right? Like, um, so it influenced, like the dueling guitar sound of the Almond Brothers was influenced by listening to Coltrane, for example. Uh, so 
that would be on there. Like Johnny Cash should be on that list. If not for, even if like, you don't want to put him on for his music, like just his rock and roll attitude, like the punk rock finger, like fuck you, I'm Johnny Cash. Like that's there. And then there's some, like some really just egregious misses. Like Bruce Springsteen's not on that board, which is like, okay. Uh, (laughs) Michael Jackson's not on that board, which is crazy. Cause it's not like they, they have other soul R and B like, the Temptations are on there. Diana Ross is on there. Marvin Gaye, um, Prince. Like, well, you gotta. Yeah. The, it, Michael, it's Michael Jackson. Like, <laughs> to not have Michael Jackson on there is weird. Uh, and then I try. Tom Petty's in, on there. And then you know what? I think I didn't. I don't think Queen's on there. Yeah. Which is egregious. Yeah. I just realized that right now. I did a list earlier today. At, and I'm like, I'm just thinking now, I don't know if Queen's on there. They we'll only check. have four good songs, but whatever. Oh, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I, I walked right into that one, didn't I? Yeah. Just yeah. like trolled me perfectly. <laughs> oh, it makes me so angry. Um, but then like not some like some modern bands, like no U2 on there, no Wu-Tang Clan, uh, no Madonna. Uh, and then there's like the weird thing on the bot, like the bottom right corner is it, it has like rap and hip hop in two different categories, which is like such a white person thing to do. I'm like, there's no way a black person put this board together. Cause hip hop's like the entire culture. Hip hop covers four sort of art forms. Hip hop is, there's rap, which is an MC and a DJ. There's break dancing, there's beatboxing, and then there's graffiti art. Those are the four sort of cultural forms of what is hip hop. You shouldn't have two categories for that. They all should have been put under rap. It was like a weird thing where like they put like early Def Jam stuff, like early history of rap stuff under like rap, and then they have like Salt and Peppa. I can't even remember how it's under hip hop, but it's like no, Run it's DMC, I think. Just rap. Uh, just put it all together. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, but other than that, the list is pretty comprehensive. Like, I would I hate some of the prog rock that they have on there. I'm not a prog rock guy, but jack black is like a gen x guy who's older than me and would have so like bands like he talks about yes and rush and stuff like that and it's just like okay whatever um (laughs) but other than that like if you were to start if you were actually to teach a class on like rock history that that map is a good place to start yep yeah um all right so tell me what it was like to see it for the first time i'm assuming you saw in theaters or yeah you did mention that what was it like it was awesome. So, um, saw it as most of the, as you know, most of the movies that I see, I would have saw it not with you. I do that now. It's usually you and uh, me, but uh, Vanessa and then your auntie Aaron and, uh, and my best friend, Nate, I think the four of us, I feel like it was an afternoon viewing. I don't know why that could be totally wrong. If, if uh, Aaron and Vanessa in particular, who Aaron in particular is like a, like your biggest podcast supporter other than Mickey, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, she'll, she'll, you need to have like a, a mailbag where she can write in and be like, yeah, this is actually what happened. But I feel like it was an afternoon viewing. And yeah, it was a total blast. I just remember it being like, just so much fun. Like, it's mm-hmm. just such a fun movie. I already love Black jack black like we all did then this is like so jack black right like we loved him in cable guy he was on mr show like tenacious d obviously 
high fidelity was kind of like his break. It was a supporting role, but it's kind of like his breakout role where you, any kind of the start, it was another movie about music. So you're getting a lot of like Jack Black. Uh, yeah. And it was like, I don't, I guess we must've just saw a trailer or it would have been like, I used to have a subscription to entertainment weekly, which is basically how you got your news back then. Like this is mm-hmm. before social media, there wasn't even YouTube. So yeah, I remember seeing that. And then obviously the other memories is watching it with you the yeah. first time. I still remember that was just like Bueller. It was back in the old, uh, the blue quill house and your little, uh, uh inflatable blue not the blues clues chair it was a different one it was like that inflatable one that you had yeah i know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) i can't remember which one it was but it was inflatable was it i can't know anyways uh and then you loving it and then that's kind of how like you always liked rock and roll music a little bit like it took you longer to get into like r&b and rap and stuff like that you really liked when you you liked your Disney stuff, obviously, when you were like, you liked, so you like, you know, Jungle Book, Lion King, uh, Aristocats. But then the other stuff that you really liked was rock. So like Queen, ZZ Top, and then ACDC. And so we listened to a lot of this stuff. And this is also back when still, this is pre-Spotify and stuff where you were downloading stuff off of like LimeWire and Napster. <laughs> and then you would burn it to a CD. So you could also get like movie clips too, right? So it was cool because we, it would like the way I had it, I had like the whole, like I pledge allegiance to the band and all like, right? So we would in the car, and I'm sure you remember, we would just recite it and then it would yeah. be like, let's get rocking or whatever. And then like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that's sort of my memories of it. And then today even, like I choked up watching it today and I got chills uh, watching like the last couple of scenes. It just really reminded uh, the joy of seeing it A in the theater the first time and just being like, this is just so fun and awesome. Yeah. But also just watching it with you because it, it's mm-hmm. a special movie for us, so. I remember one of the fond memories I have of like when we listened to it in the car was uh, yeah. I was like a kid. So like, wasn't allowed to like swear, but you would let yeah. me say kick some ass and I'd be like, Ooh, they said ass. Oh, right. And you would really yell it out. I forgot yeah. about that. You'd be like, kick some ass. That's right. <laughs> and it'd be like, no more swearing just in the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You really liked that one. The other one that you really liked was like the John Lee Hooker. It's not in the movie, but it was like grandpa had it. It was like the John Lee Hooker. Can't, uh, ZZ Top, like the boom, boom, boom. boom. Yeah. And you would, because you would just sit in the back and you'd be like, I'm not, because it was like, he, they had like real swagger. It was like, knock you out right off <laughs> your feet. And you would like yeah. just recite, and you would like, so, and you're like, your foot would tap with it. Oh, it's so, yeah. I wish I had video back then, because if we could record it like we did now, I'd have all of that stuff. But uh, yeah, so just really fond memories that's tied into both of the viewing experience in the theater, but also just, I mean, we watched it a lot yeah a lot because you are a creature of habit and when you like something you watch the fuck out of it (laughs) so it would be like like even like hey let's watch this brand new movie you're like nah no 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 can we watch this and it was always like a bar i either had to make you just override you or it had to be like a bargain where it'd be like we'd watch one new one and then an old one so like i would get to pick like okay we're gonna watch on a princess bride which you refuse to see and then you'd be like okay but let's watch home alone for the 45th time after that in july whatever yeah <laughs> exactly in july like no ben it's it's not i don't care it's my favorite movie let's watch it yeah so yeah, yeah. i feel like when i started to re-watch it and i 
So I watched it um, a couple times this week, but I hadn't seen it in probably four or five years beforehand. And yeah. now that I'm on a path towards being a teacher, I really like, I'm kind of like, he's, he's passionate about yeah. music and he's using that as a teacher. And I'm passionate about like, I'll be passionate about sports or, or like movies and stuff. If we do that in, in a classroom yeah. and, and it's, it's a, it's like an underlying theme of the movie is like what being a teacher is like and what being a successful teacher is like and how you can use your passions to motivate students. And cause it's a really like, it's it, obviously it's character development for Jack Black, but it's really character development for like the kids. It does like Mike yeah. White does a really good job writing the kids as yeah. well. They have a backstory and where they're going and stuff. Like, yeah. No, I, it's, when I was a kid, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, and so when this first came out, I, I would have been teaching or already had taught a little bit. I didn't stay in that profession, but yeah, like, so that was very top of mind for me too. And then even sort of watching it today, that was sort of the things that stood out to me were some of the character development for Dewey. Like, so like you said, there are, they don't, there isn't a ton of development of the kids, but there's enough of it that you yep. sort of know their backstory. Um, and so you know that his goal is sort of getting those kids. Some of those kids don't like themselves. They feel like they're nerds or they're fat. Like, so Lawrence thinks he's a nerd. Tamika thinks she's fat, right? Even like, Gordon freaks out about doing the lights, you know, Zach is intimidated by his dad or whatever. And it's very subtle, but it's there. And so it allows him to sort of develop that and then to transform those kids, but also transform himself because he's very selfish at the move at the beginning. This is everything is about him. He doesn't give like who in their right mind would ever think I'm going to go in and teach a bunch of kids. Like besides the fear of getting caught, you'd be like, that's so irresponsible. Why would I yeah. go in and try to teach a bunch of kids? It never even crosses his mind. And then you get to the point at the end, not the end, but close where he sees how Zach's dad treats him. And then Zach writes that song. And there was a really good part that I didn't really catch until today where they're playing. So that he sort of helped them a little bit to be like uh, with Zach's song. And then he steps back and he he's yeah. watching all of them perform. And you can tell he's really proud and he's really happy. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like that thing where it's like, now you get, what it's like to be a teacher you know mm -hmm. or or when zach comes and thanks him in front of the other teachers about the lesson that he taught them right like yeah that's when you get the value of being a teacher uh and actually i was what i was thinking today and i've never thought about it before but how similar this movie is to dead poet society if you think about yeah. it they're very different in their tone dead poets is very, very, <laughs> ultimately very dark yeah. and sad but Ultimately, it's two outsider and Robin Williams is an actual teacher, but it's basically two outsiders coming into a private preppy school where there's very strict order, where the parents are super overbearing. Robin Williams brings in sort of a love of poetry and sort of like this uh, New England, like transcendentalism, like Walden, right? Like Thoreau, like, yeah. and then Jack Black's is this is, is music, but it's the same sort of thing, right? Like, our rock musicians in many ways are sort of like our modern poets. People don't read poetry now, but they consume poet. They consume it. Like they listen to it like crazy, right? Especially yeah. if you think about hip hop and rap as, as that form, they consume poetry like crazy. And so I was watching it and I was like, Oh, this is, you know, and it doesn't have to try the horribly tragic ending that yeah. poets does, but it was like, okay. Yeah. And also just very, uh, charismatic personalities right in terms of not just the act 
the characters but the actors themselves too right like you can just feel yeah so i was kind of like oh man this is kind of like a, a much lighter dead poet society anyways yeah you know what i was thinking yeah i i think that i'm not sure if maybe when you saw it in 2003 you were like oh this movie's gonna be in my life forever and i don't know if you thought that but like it's insanely like when I, we get into the cringe moments later and I have a different spinoff, I'm going to go with the cringe moments, but yeah. there's like nothing that really is like, Ooh, they shouldn't have done that. Or like, no. Oh, like it's, it's like really, yeah. The undertone of like, yeah, he pretended to be a teacher, like fine. But like, there's no, like there's every movie I've done before. They're like, Ooh, like maybe that wouldn't, yeah. you don't do that anymore. <laughs> Stuff yeah. like that. And it's insanely relevant. Like everyone still of my age loves this movie and kind of grew up on like, we used to watch it at lunchtime in grade yeah. four. I strictly remember yeah. the grade. Yeah. We would just throw it on at lunch while we we're all eating and we would just watch yeah. the first 20 minutes next day, watch oh, the next 20 it. minutes and just, and just move on. Yeah. Cause that's what I wanted to ask you. Cause one of the questions for you is like, you know, how does it, you know, the cultural impact. And for me, I don't, I'm outside of that, right? Like you're still in it. Like it's, it's, and so I was, I'm interested. That's, I love it. Cause that's what I wanted to ask you was like, cause I know it, it means something to you, but I'm like, does this mean something to your friends? Like, is this still a really popular movie? And clearly it obviously, it obviously is, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah, it'd be, I don't know. But the thing I think that's been lost is, is some of them, the music part of it, like some of like yeah. the history of rock, we don't, never talked about that in school or like yeah. my friends and I don't like debate rock bands like we debate hip-hop artists because that's right. just who I hang out with yeah um and I think rock and roll is very like oh no there's like the Beatles and the Stones and then like drop off or whatever where yeah hip-hop people have like crazy crazy takes now and all these new people yeah. and like whatever I don't that's another conversation but yeah but no I mean that's itself, I mean rap is sense. rap is your rock and roll yeah, I mean, really, right? I, you know, I think of rap as rock and roll because to me, it's about the embodiment and the spirit of it, the rebelliousness of it, and the the fuck you of it, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's what ties rock and roll and punk rock and hip hop to me together, and even things like Renegade Country or anything like that. It's and that's what I love about this movie is that he's so pure. Like the mm -hmm. one thing you never really like. Yes, he's he's super egotistical, but like he said, all he really wants is to play a Music. really good show just wants a really good show he doesn't like yeah he's like i came in hungover but it's not like a lifestyle thing he does he's like those guys are fucking phony sitting in the van who think it's like it's all about the music and yeah so i don't i mean that's just the way the music thing is developed right so people in their 50s would have talked about elvis and little richard and then in the 60s they would have talked about uh the beatles and the stones and in the 70s they talk about fleetwood mac and and uh, I don't know, Credence or uh, the Neil Young or whatever. Neil Young is not on there either. Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young is, but Neil Young is not as a solo artist. Anyway, yeah. uh, and the same thing, 80s would be Springsteen, U2, and then you get White, whatever, right? Foo Fighters, Nirvana. Yeah. But even then you're starting to get into grunge and people are like, is that still rock and roll? And then now it's it's the dominant cultural music form is, is, is rap, right? So- yeah people talk about Eminem or Jay-Z or whatever shitty mumble rapper is out this week. God, I hate it. I hate it. I'm such an old man when it comes to this shit. It's just garbage. No, um, I'm anyway. the same with the mumble, with the mumble yeah. shit, but yeah. I'm way more into like that, you know, but, real rap, yeah. I guess. But yeah, I mean, it is interesting, but your friends probably all still know 
Oh, bon Jovi is not on that list either. But anyway, but your bands, your friends probably all still know enough of that stuff, right? From driving yeah. around in cars. Like that's the thing. Like I didn't grow up with that. I mean, I kind of did because they got it from Nana and grandpa, but a lot of it, you just accumulate driving around in the car with your friends and having other stuff. Like somehow you get to a point, like I hate super trap. And yet I know if a super trap song comes on, I've, fucking know it because i've just been in the car with my friends forever oh i'm all thinking of all these other bands now that like, <laughs> uh that uh steve miller band sorry anyway yeah. uh that you know all these things that you know become like i don't know like for us it was like you went into someone's house and they all had the same 10 albums like everyone had fleetwood mac rumors everyone had like the eagles greatest hits like steve miller's greatest hits yeah you know and it's probably the same for you guys even even if you're still predominantly listening to rap or whatever, you're still probably going to have some of that around. I mean, I was the same way. I was listening Public Enemy and Wu-Tang Clan and all this other stuff, but I still had those weird Journey's greatest hits. Because, yeah. oh my God, everyone listens to Don't Stop Believing. Like, that's that's there, right? So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, one quick question I have for you before we like hit into the categories is, yeah, do you think that Jack Black could have, could have, like, could have done more like after this he kind of does kung fu panda and you know um does that franchise and he does like jumanji and stuff but other than that like i looked at his imdb and it's kind of like oh he didn't really like get to that start on that i maybe would have thought of in 2003 yeah i think there was some hits and misses like i think he was in that king kong movie with peter jackson right and i don't think that worked out like that just wasn't a great movie um and yeah i don't know it's it's funny like I think we're too hard on some of these actors to be like, well, they only did animated movies. Like those, those movies made a shitload yeah. of money. Like we may be critical of them. I'll tell you who's not critical of them, the movie studio, right? They're like, you know, so it's the same sort of thing. Like, well, Mike Myers hasn't done anything in a while and Eddie Murphy, it's like, well, dude, they made $6 billion off of four <laughs> Shrek movies. So, yeah. you know, like they're, they're fine with what they got. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. I mean, I also think he's a split guy, right? He also, yeah it's not his full-time gig he mm-hmm. loves being in tenacious d right? <laughs> so he is also a rock musician and so i do think some of that is honestly just sort of split between the fact that he's making tour he's touring or he's making movies but um yeah no i yeah uh i do think he's an underappreciated talent yep um i think he's very like I think his movies are the best when the writing is really good, the directing is really and there's stuff around him where he can't just make a movie out of thin air like some other no, people can. Like, exactly. Yeah. Even with Kung Fu Panda, like he's not carrying the movie, right? Like mm-hmm. there's like, yes, he's the main character, but yeah, like he's not going to, he's not, it's not like Tom Cruise or he's not going to no. like pull in people just because of his name. You got to have the good product with it too. Right. Yep. So, um, like yeah. Eddie Murphy pulls movies out of thin air because he's Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I mean, there was a time where Tom Cruise or Will Smith could make six shitty movies in a row and it, or Julia Roberts, and it didn't matter. You're yeah. still going to bank $200 million because the names bring those in. Yeah, he's not that kind of person. Um, I do think he is kind of like, I mean, Brad Pitt can be a lead too, but he is kind of like Brad Pitt in the sense that he's better sort of being the supporting guy where yeah. he can just sort of have his hit his marks and do his, his few awesome things and steal some scenes and then be like, yeah. peace, I'm out. But that's actually one of the things that I like about this movie is that he does carry it 
while still being him, but it's not over the, like one of the things that I love about this movie is kind of how wholesome it is Mm -hmm. while at the same time being like totally family, it's like totally family oriented, but it's not cheesy or schmaltzy. Like it's adult enough. Like you don't feel watching this movie, like, Oh, they made a, they made a a movie for kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of reminds me almost more of the eighties movies, like where it was like, yeah, okay, teens watch these movies, but it was made for everybody, right? Like, they didn't yeah. just tone it down to sort of now where it's like they have superhero movies and R-rated movies and then G and then, like, nothing, nothing <laughs> yeah. in between, right? So yeah. uh, this kind of does have that kind of vibe to it, but... Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get back into the categories. <laughs> All right, category time. We're going to start with category one, Mount Rushmore. We give our top four scenes. I'll give my top four. I'm, I'm assuming we're going to overlap. And then uh, you give me, you know, whatever I didn't mention. All right. So the first one I have is like the making of the band scene. So after he kind of watches them play their instruments with their, you know, music teacher and he comes to class and he's like pointing them all out and he's like, I'll teach you this. And then he does like the, he shows Freddie Jones and he's like, okay, I want you to do that. And he's like, no, no, no. That's like George of the Jungle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he shows Lawrence and like Lawrence picks up like, like that scene's yeah. just awesome. Yeah. And he's just like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, learning teacher's pet. So when uh, Zach brings the lyrics in and he's kind of like doing it on the side and he's like, where's the music, Kurt Cobain or whatever he says. And, <laughs> and then uh, they learn it all. And then like you talked about earlier, when he steps back and he watches them just doing it and Zach's yeah. lead singing and he's, he's just proud and just like, whoa, like this is what teaching yeah. really is about. Like I've maybe yeah. I found my passion. Yeah. Um, the Battle of the Bands performance, obviously I don't have to say too much about it. It's, it's awesome. And then the post credit scene. Um, yeah, it's amazing. With, with like the breaking of the fourth wall and, it goes on for like a long time and like the one thing i don't really like about that scene i guess is like the credits are like in the way of the people. It's like kind <laughs> yeah. of annoying. i'm like get rid of the credits i just want to see yeah. them just want to see it yeah but like it's better than any any post-credit scene in a marvel movie that i've ever seen so yeah suck it marvel you're gonna get angry replies from i'm mickey's gonna just like cry probably after <laughs> he's like you could take back the six up i don't want it anymore <laughs> uh but uh yeah, no, I don't disagree. It's not as good as the Bueller one, but uh, yeah. And then the only other, the only other one that I, I guess would add to that is like the, it's the, I think it's like the step off scene. Did you freeze again? Oh no. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the step off thing um, where he basically gets everyone to go around. It starts with being like the man, tell me why you hate me or whatever. Yeah. And then it turns into like the step off, but it's like, <laughs> he goes around and asks everyone and like, Lawrence is like, you're, you're fat. You got bad odor or whatever. And then Summer's like so mean to him. And he's like, I love it. Cause like, I can tell you're serious or whatever. And then, uh, uh, f- uh fancy pants. is like, you're tacky and Billy, you're tacky and I hate you or whatever. I still <laughs> like one of my favorite, you're tacky and I hate you still like one of my favorites. Uh, so that would be my other scene. And he's like, okay, I'll see you after class. Or whatever. Yeah. Is your uh, favorite the battle of the bands too? Cause that's mine. Oh yeah. That's by far the best. Like I was saying earlier, I got, uh, I totally got chills and like, yeah, yeah I nerded it's, up pretty hard. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, all right. Category two, what still works. First one I have here is Mike White's screenplay. 
and the original music that him and Jack Black and I think a few other people had written. It's it's really 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 done well in you know and it like like we talked about it it like Jack Black he carries the movie but like plus you put the screenplay behind it and you and yeah. you help the kids out. It's it's amazing and it, and it like it develops in a movie like this you wouldn't think that you need to develop the kids. I think it's still good if you don't develop it, but just the little development you get from the band members, especially, yeah. yep, makes the movie just go so much better. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, we didn't really talk about this, I guess, in the in the first part, but like we probably should have is, like, what Richard Linklater, like, what his <laughs> thing is, and I guess like this movie is one of his greater ones, and you kind of forget that it's him. I think. Yeah, I I I one hundred percent forgot until I saw it again today, and I was like, oh shit this is link later it's not yeah exactly it's not something you would assume but it's pretty kind of in line with sort of his stuff i guess really it's like there's always sort of music involved there's like optimism there's kids he likes to use kid actors a lot or yeah. younger actors um yeah there's he always to, hope he likes, there's like this sense of hope and optimism like you yeah. said yeah and he always likes to use uh I think about what's the other, what's the Ethan Hawke one where he uses the kid, childhood or whatever, right? Or boyhood. Boyhood. He likes to use kids that aren't actually actors. Like, mm-hmm. act, and I think that's one, like on my list is like one of the things that is good about this movie is that he used kids who were really good musicians. And I think that's what part of it holds up. Like, it's not fake. Like you can tell these are kids really playing. There's not, there's no lip syncing involved. Yeah. Uh, Cause of course you got black who can play and sing, but the, even the kids themselves are really good. And it's a really interesting choice to be like, I assume it must be easier to like teach a kid to do three lines than to teach a kid to know how to play the guitar or the bass. Right. So rather than having a kid just having weird shots, like on SNL, when you see Keenan play and he's not really playing right or whatever, it's like, Oh, we can actually show these kids playing a full shot. Like, and that adds to the authenticity. It's subconscious, but you know, that they're really playing and that makes a difference. You're not seeing like cutaway shots or weird angles or like mm-hmm. someone's lip syncing. Like, you know, that Lawrence can really play <laughs> that fucking piano. Like it's not fake. Right. Did you know that Miranda Cosgrove had to take a 45 minute bad singing lesson because she was actually a really good singer and they had to teach her like, Oh no, no, you can't. Oh, I didn't know like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's awesome. <laughs> She's like, I can see the sun will come out tomorrow or what it was like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think she's the one that sings memory. Like oh right. So man, and she's like singing so fast. Memory all alone in the moonlight. Yeah, she's not breathing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um oh, right, because yeah. it's what's her name? Mar- uh Mart Marta. Marta. Yeah. Marta who does yeah, the son of she does Annie, right? And she's really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know that robe that Dewey has in that scene where he like is on the phone and yeah. He's got like uh what's it like the lion or um it's a lion or a rooster or rooster something. or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like why don't why don't you have one of those? <laughs> it's funny you say that because I watched it today and I was like, oh fuck, I'd love to have that robe. That thing is awesome. Uh, I don't know, I really should. I don't really have I uh despite having like a desire to have lots of kimonos and silk in my collection, I don't really have one. I have a biz- I have a smoking jacket actually that I don't even think I ever I've ever worn. Uh, that I found at Simon's it's like it's it this they're hard to find now they're kind of more like house robes and they are pure mm-hmm. smoking jackets but uh, yeah that, that would be nice to have that just strut around the house in that bad boy well he has that little bit where he like puts his foot up on the table and like it's like yes. just straight thigh yes <laughs> and then he's on the phone yes. and he's like he finds out that the gig is gonna like be worth money and he's like 
oh yeah Schneeb, yeah he's here and he takes yeah. the phone he like rubs the phone like turns the cord he's like yeah, yeah. he's like he like with the sound yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no he's here yeah <laughs> yeah hello this is ned schneebly <laughs> um when he goes to rip up the gold stars and like the demerits and stuff I was like, yeah, we don't, why is that? And that's such like a, an old thing. Like you never see that in classrooms now. No. And it's really good. Cause like, that's one of the things that I like about it is like, he doesn't, like he tells her, like, I'm not going to let you uh, grade grub or whatever later or anything. Like he's really good at sort of picking out. Um, he's a good teacher. He like actually yeah. talks to, he knows what all the kids need. So like, some of the kids need encouragement, like Lawrence and Tamika and, and, you know, need encouragement. Um, some of the kids need like a stern talking to like, like Freddie or like some are just, you know, he, he puts her in his place and she's like, no, you're like an ass kisser. And like, nobody <laughs> likes that. Stop being like that. And that's a really good teacher. Someone who like knows how to move the whole class along, but also like knows that each student and each individual has their own wants and needs and has, has to be sort of talked to and approached. Yeah, that exactly. Um, when he goes to meet the, or he goes to like see the kids in their classical music class and he does like the caterpillar eyebrow, yes. like I can't do it. I tried so hard. Like, I can't do it. Can't... I can't oh. do it at all. Yeah. No, it's like classic. Yeah. That's the Him. other thing that I had down. He's still so electric. Like he's got that weird, like, I don't know how he does it. Like with the weird belly thing where he's <laughs> like able to like move around and like kick stuff and just do stuff. And, uh, I think Jack Black's very underrated for uh, a bigger guy that nobody thinks is a bigger guy. Yeah. Right. Like I've got a gut like Jack Black. I'm pretty self-conscious of it. I've seen Jack Black show up at like Oscar nights with like, just like a rock t-shirt on and his guts <laughs> hanging out and it doesn't matter to him. Like he's just so not insecure about it and there's so mm -hmm. much power in that i just think it's so cool like I, I i'm not lying over my over my life i've like looked at him to be like when it's like oh i'm uncomfortable about, about my weight and what i can wear and stuff i'm like what is jack black pulling <laughs> off like if he can pull it off i can at least get maybe close you know mm -hmm. yeah well like, he's a big tiktok guy now i think oh huge yeah. on the tickety on the tickety talk yeah <laughs> the, ki the kids love him um that little bit where uh, he teaches Lawrence like the little handshake and he's like, kaboot it, shoot it, let's rock, let's rock Yeah, today. we used to do that all the time, the shoot it, kaboot it, yeah. And he's like, uh, we'll, uh, we'll learn that later. It's, it's, a, it's a long shake. <laughs> it's a complicated shake, yeah. Yeah. Um, Freddie's got that little cashmere sweater turtleneck that he wears for like a couple scenes when everyone else is still in their school uniforms and he's just yeah. like, whatever. It's awesome. I love yeah. that. <laughs> um. The moment where uh, Dewey pulls Tamika aside and they talk about kind of body image and what that means. I think that when you're a kid and you're watching this movie, it's kind of like a, it's like, move along. Like, I want more music. Like, come on, like, come on. And like, why is this in it? And then when you kind of get older, you realize like how important that scene is, A, to the movie and B, to people watching and knowing that, like you said about Jack Black, like he's not insecure about it and it's okay. And yeah, it's awesome. and, and like, you look at that girl a she's not big but b like you don't notice it like her voice is so fucking powerful like she's so good that you don't even you don't see anything all you, you just hear right you're just yeah. overwhelmed by this girl's voice but yeah it's again it's the thing like and if you think about it like 
when the shit hits the fan and like it get hit finds you find out he's not a real teacher or whatever and like freddie's the first kid to turn rat like he's <laughs> i'm never gonna trust freddie like to like not turn me over he's like right away he's like he's a phony this sucks or whatever <laughs> yeah. and lawrence and tamika are the ones who really defend jack black and it's because he was kind to them and he was good to them right so mm. um it's interesting you know and that's what happens when you take care of people like they felt the loyalty to him because they knew that he cared about them. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the real Ned, when he, like Mike White's character, when he like is finally tells off Sarah Silverman's horrible character. And he's just like, no, I'm going to the concert. And he like slams the door and it's just like, yes, yeah. finally. God. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very Sarah Silverman-y role. I yes. Think. Yes. Very. Um, got two more, I guess. The Jack Black, the Angus Young homage that he's wearing at the very end in the battle of the bands yes. and he's like literally copying as much as he can which absolutely i would too like he's one of the greats like, yeah it's this it's the classic schoolboy look with the shorts and all that right yeah and he does that like weird thing with the guitar where he like <laughs> like you said like he moves his body like it's like what are you doing yeah i don't know how he's able to use his gut that way i've tried it <laughs> a lot like i just it's like a weird balance centrifugal force that he's able to like <laughs> manipulate to yeah great uh physical comedy advantage yes. right? like it's just a gr- it's great physical comedy and then the last one i have would be just like how they clearly teased a sequel at the end and then we never really got it even though they're still talking about doing it really i don't really get the sense that they tease it I like when they when they show and it's like the school and he's and Mike White showing yeah. the other kids. Yeah, and, I guess yeah, it would be like the next thing. Yeah. yeah, and they're still talking about doing like I have a couple of things. Oh, there's really? a couple of quotes oh, okay. where they're still talking about it, but oh, um, but, yeah. yeah. I like that scene because it's like you get kind of get more. Is it Cosgrove or Cosgrave? Cosgrove. Cosgrove. Like she's totally like the manager, like making the hard ass call or whatever, <laughs> and it's like stop lowballing us yeah <laughs> and it's like mike white's clearly teaching like the newcomers but then it's like the star of the the star of the show like the heavyweights like are the kids and they're like yeah. the veterans now you know and it's yeah. like it's like this chain coming through or whatever mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah it's good yeah do you have any that's all my what still works do you have anything else you want to bring in uh what still works no i think no you covered it well I think for me, the what still works the best is the how uh, Dewey's character hits on all the or like hits all the students differently and yeah. and then teaches as a group. Like I think that's really yeah. powerful. Um, yeah. All right, cringe moments. So usually with cringe moments, we just list off a bunch of things. It's like, oh, that doesn't sit well. But for me, this movie wasn't like that. So I kind of took it a little bit differently, and I came up with six things. That's Dewey does that would get you fired as a teacher <laughs> besides like the obvious impersonating like Ned, like yeah. besides that. So here yeah. I got six things. Okay. So <clears throat> telling the class that he has a hangover and he's just like so open about like being, having a hangover. Yeah. Um, he didn't teach them anything. Like for, before they start the rock band, they didn't do anything for two days like that. They yeah. just presumably just sat there and they like, did recess. Yeah. Um, I think he'd get fired for that. Um, when Summer found out what a groupie really is, I know Summer would tell her mom. Like it's like that character. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that um, one doesn't hold up. No. Um, the manipulation of getting them to do the rock band for him to get money. Yeah. Um, at the start, like his egotistic self, like that's what he wanted yeah. to start. Um, when he sneaks them out and he takes them to the Battle of the Bands audition in his actual car. 
it is yeah. like it's like that's Hot the box, get... man yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all i could think of is there's no way there's not just weed and booze all over that back yeah. seat yeah totally yeah. um and then the last one was was getting like miss mullins drunk yeah i think you apparently would... there's a cut scene from that where they actually start making out but they felt like it just was like didn't work very well apparently like they start make she goes after him they start making out and she, she like honks her honks the, the car with her ass on like the seat or like on the on the driver's uh, wheel i guess but apparently they cut it out so i think um, that's good i think that would have been a little bit yeah i think it's a little too much i mean that scene's kind of cringeworthy already like that to me is like the one but it's meant to be that way where she's yeah. kind of like where they're at the bar and he's trying to like kind of drunk stevie nick seducer into yeah. letting it the only one thing that's really kind of cringe it's not super cringeworthy but it's just kind of stereotypical is like is the gay kid being so gay right yeah. like why couldn't freddie be the gay guy like you know what i mean yeah. like that they have to make a character that and that's a classic movie trope where it's like the gay person's like the rambunctious outgoing kind of gay person they don't need to do that but it's not like they were over the top with it they weren't like super like crazy with it i did um, read that the actor is gay like he yeah, was gay I mean, at the time and that's the thing right so that could be fuck for all we know that's actually how he talks and acts but i did think i watched that i thought oh you know i wonder how they would play it. i still think they would do it because it wasn't too much but mm-hmm. i always i'm always interested by that like i have gay friends you would never they don't talk like that you would never no. like they talk sports the like the whole idea of what gay is is gay being feminine right it's like this thing where it's like if you're a man who's gay you're feminine or you talk that way or whatever it's like I got, I know guys who watch baseball and, you know, drink whiskey and all the stereotypical yeah. stuff that other guys do. And they're gay as fuck. They like cock. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. anyway. Um, so yeah. But other than that, no, I agree. Like there's nothing like there's like, there's racial ballot. Like there's nothing really insensitive about it. There's nothing like no. terribly on PC. There's nothing just sort of like, oh my God, I can't believe they said that. Like, yeah, no, I agree. At first, for the longest time, I thought when when they're doing the assigning roles and he first assigns Tamika and he calls her turkey sub. Yeah. At first, I was kind of like, whoa, like, are you making fun of her weight? But then no, it's just this time, ate. yes. <laughs> At this time, I just was like, oh, it's it's because she gave him a turkey sub. Yeah. <laughs> I, so like I was, I had that down and then I was wow, like, oh, okay. wait that actually is fine yeah no he actually <laughs> he <laughs> turkey, so. yeah um <coughs> all right category four who is the most dateable person and why wow. so i only have they're all two kids, nominations. So it's a little creepy so you go yeah. ahead I- i'm too old for this oh i only have dewey and ned like actual ned what what about what about the creepy uh the guitar guy that hits on like Joan Cusack at the end or whatever. Spider? Yeah, Spider. Apparently that guy in real life was like an attorney. He's like a lawyer in the States or something now. It's like crazy. Really? Yeah, that <laughs> dude, but yeah, and he's like, hey, you're hot or whatever. It's like, <laughs> The thing, yeah. my thing for dating the real Ned Schneebly is because he obviously has put up with Sarah Silverman <laughs> for so long that he is would be like loyal and stuff. Yes. But yeah. he's so yeah. like awkward and nerdy and yeah. yeah yeah but but do we if you got like maybe now like at the end of the movie he's the obviously end. changed yeah at the beginning no way so like there's really no one dateable in this movie because they're no. all kids well they're all kids yeah exactly and so. it's not miss mullins either 
No, <laughs> no. I love Joan Cusack and she's great in this, but as a no. very, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. All right. Category five. What's up with that? Let's talk about plot holes or any just questions I have about the movie. Um, so after winning Battle of the Bands, that no vacancy group in, yeah. in this universe, what do you think like happens to them? Like, who do you, what do you think? Oh, God. I've never, it's never even crossed my mind. It's funny though, because they're totally like the, their sound is like that total Creed, like early 2000s, like. They're kind of sound garden to me, maybe. Oh no, I didn't pick that up. I thought it was much later, but um, maybe the vocal of it, kind of Pearl Jammy. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, Soundgarden was much harder than that. Oh, no, they don't make it. Yeah, that's no. that was that was kind of my thing too. But yeah. maybe maybe you had like, a, oh, these guys were like the next Arctic no. Monkeys or something. I don't no, know. I don't even. Yeah, I even tried to like. I don't even know if some of those artists in there are like real musicians or not. I don't really. I and mean, I didn't look into it today, but I didn't really recognize anybody as being people in bands. So no. Um, my next question is when. Uh, Dewey pushes them like let's just do recess recess all the time and they go to do recess but like they don't go to outside like yeah, they, they just, just do stays, recess yeah yeah inside so they, yeah they don't yeah. have a park at their school I don't yeah know. yeah that's like what kind of recess is that that's some bullshit yeah um if it is such a prestigious and presumably rich school why is Gordon the only one with the laptop yeah, a good question. I mean, I guess back then it was still a thing where they weren't prevalent everywhere. They yeah. did have the the Apple one at the at the front that they were able to spy on her with. But and I guess yeah, he has it because he's the tech guy or whatever, right? But yeah, they did. Yeah, but it's a good point. They, even by then, they probably all would have had them. But. All right, I'm gonna rapid fire ask you what do you think happened to the following characters? Just like quickly. Oh wow. Okay. What do you think happened to Zach Mooningham? Oh, he totally ends up being like a, a rock and roll. Like, a, if not like in a, not the lead guitar player in a huge band, he's like a big session player. Like, he ends up being a full time musician. He's that good. Okay. All right. Freddie Jones. Oh, Freddie just, Freddie doesn't, Freddie ends up going to college, joining the lacrosse team, uh, gets and like gets away with probably some inappropriate behavior towards other no i shouldn't say that but no like freddie no freddie doesn't follow the rock career he's just like your normal putz who ends up you know being a dad yeah being being an accountant somewhere yeah yeah uh lawrence what do you think happens to lawrence oh lawrence goes to an ivy league school for sure um you know sort of plays the classical music in the side he becomes a doctor or a lawyer so he ditches the techno and he still is playing classical? Well, I mean, there's two ways to go here. You could go that he, you know, follows sort of like the Asian path, which is, you know, like the culture really places an emphasis on professional degrees and all of that. Mm-hmm. Or Lord, he just goes fully stoner and just like, <laughs> like totally. Okay, here's my, here's what's going to happen. Lawrence is going to end up becoming a deadhead. He totally just ends up dropping out of like, he gets through like university. I mean, he goes to Harvard. No, he goes to like Stanford, somewhere in California. And then he just ends up following the Grateful Dead around for, <laughs> for like the rest of his life. 
uh, and just yeah. picks up odd jobs as like a pharmacist or something <laughs> yeah. to make to make money when he needs it. Yeah, but yeah, that's where I'm going with with uh, with Larry with Lawrence. I love that he right. like, what happened to his hair. Like, how does yeah. he get an, an afro on that last scene? <laughs> yeah, like it's not just that it's like it's thick. <laughs> it's yeah. like not just that he put it spiked up. It's like no, it's an it's yeah, it's yeah. I, I I actually I had that later for what's up with that, but yeah, definitely. It's like what? Where does his hair come from? <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think happens to Katie? She's the bassist. Nothing. Like nothing yeah. special. I think she just, you know, uh the real life player, she's on TikTok too. She's big on TikTok too. I thought uh, she was a broad isn't she on Broadway or she's been on Yeah, Broadway she's a stuff? musician, like, yeah. Uh, um but I think the character She's so quiet and unassuming. I don't. I don't really have a path for her. I feel like she's just a normal person. Like I don't feel like any of them really. They're just normal kids for the for the most part. She does like the. She's the classic. Like apparently in the in the theater version of the movie, she asks for like a bass solo in that post credit scene, and Dewey's like, "Basses don't get solos. You just play like the. <laughs> you just play like the undertone stuff." Nice. Um, and then lastly, I guess like what happens to Summer. Oh yeah, Summer's a headache. Summer ends up becoming like, uh, yeah, she's a ruthless, soul-crushing like lawyer. She's like litigates and destroys people, uh, or she, uh, yeah, or she like is like a yeah, runs like a Fortune five hundred company, just ruthlessly, <laughs> mercilessly. <laughs> she yeah. ends up in prison <laughs> like summer totally ends up in prison on like a ponzi scam or like some wall street scam. <laughs> yeah but but if she went if like the right thing bounced for her she's like the president oh yeah no it's exactly she yeah. she's a very much uh she could go either way it's she just is gonna go where 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 there's where there's power and money to be had yeah she's you know she's not good she's not evil she's just mm-hmm. she just Whatever society is there to take or offer, she's going to take her fair share, man. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, All right. I got two more plot holy things, I guess, is uh, how did the kids know where Dewey lived? Like when they just show up at his house. (laughs) I never thought of that ever. And (laughs) how they get in because, because Sarah Silverman and uh, the actual Schneebly are gone, right? Yeah, so they not only get into they get into like the whole thing. They like break yeah. into his house and wake <laughs> him up without him even hearing. I never even thought of that. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of doesn't make sense. Yep. And then the last one is so Battle of the Bands is on a school day. And here's why. Is because they're at school when they uh, you know, are like, no, let's go get them, like let's do it. Yeah. And then Jack Black even goes, why aren't you guys at school? Right. So why is this big concert where like all the adult players on, it's just like in the middle of it on a Tuesday afternoon and all yeah. the parents are in uh, Mullen's office, like complaining, don't they have work? Don't they have yeah. to do anything? It's a good question. You know, what's also interesting that I did not know until today I was watching and the teacher that runs in and sees that they're all gone. That's Amy Sedaris. Oh, really? I had no idea. So Amy Sedaris is a legend. Most people your age will probably know her from Elf. She's like the secretary that Will Ferrell yeah. is like all purpley to. But she's like a big time comedian. Her brother's David Sedaris. She was like in Second City with like Colbert. Like she's a 
Uh, and I didn't even till today realize that that's her. I was like, is that Amy Sedaris? And so apparently she plays, that's another scene that got cut. She was like the school shrink. And apparently she had like a, they had a really crazy scene where she basically had a doll and was basically trying to get Jack Black to talk about like all the places where he touched the kids. And he was like, I didn't do it or whatever. <laughs> but they, they cut it out of the movie. I'm like, I kind of would have liked to have seen that scene. Yeah. That'd be pretty good. But yeah, uh, yeah. Anyways, that was a thing that I did not know. I've watched that movie probably thirty times, and I never even clicked till today that that was Amy huh. Sedaris. Yeah, that's all my plot holes or questions about the movie. Any you got anything? Yeah, no. I mean, the, the big thing is that the entire premise is absolutely batshit fucking crazy. Like that's yeah. never going to happen. That a guy's yeah. going to pick up phone call like that and go and teach a school for, you know, for clearly weeks like it's not just yes. he's supposed to only be there two, it's not two weeks like he's there for a long time like mm-hmm. so yeah that's the only thing really which it's like oh yeah 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 that's yeah that's that's all i have for this so uh let's take a quick break and we'll uh get back into freaks and geeks <laughs> All right, category six, freaks and geeks, where we completely nerd out with camera angles, weird quirks about the movie, and anything else we can think of. Um, not a lot of like camera stuff. It's not that kind of movie. So I just have a bunch of, you know, stuff I found when researching about the movie. Um, they played the Battle of the Bands for like around six. They don't know. It was like 600 to 1,000 extras were there. And they just like, a lot of, usually you see like stuff like that where they, play for no one and then they like audio in the audience or they like get a bunch of they take a video from another concert but like they actually played that for people which is like yeah cool would be wait if you're 10 years old like that is i took the best (laughs) moment of my life yeah totally yeah um they did a reunion like about 10 to 12 years later and they did like teacher's pet and they did a couple other things for people and then they were actually about to go on tour and then they never did oh that would have been sweet yeah um jack black didn't play any of his guitar solos um he just played he just plucked along but like the really groovy stuff he didn't yeah. they oh. put someone else in but all the kids played everything and sang yeah. everything but yeah he can't he couldn't really groove on the guitar solo he doesn't need to that's what he's got yeah. kyle for in the d <laughs> <laughs> um i think it's yeah, funny d- that sorry side note i think it's funny that the gym teacher looks exactly like kyle glass from tenacious d but they didn't use kyle glass they used like some other random guy the whole movie today i was watching i was like how is that not kyle i don't understand how that's not kyle anyway uh the idea for the movie came when writer mike white moved into an apartment next to jack black white would often find jack black running naked through the halls or blasting much of the music featured in the movie at full volume and then came up with the idea Nice. I think he also wrote uh, Orange County, which is also Jack Black, like Colin Hanks movie. It's really good. I think that's also Mike White wrote that. It's a really good movie. Anyway. Um, what Has Mike White acted in anything else or just this? I feel like I've seen him in some other stuff, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, not, he's not a big guy star anyways, that's for no. sure. Um, this movie was turned into a Nickelodeon TV show in 2016. Did you know I that? saw that today? I didn't even know until I saw it today. And I was like, Oh God, yeah. I can't even imagine how bad that would be. Yeah. Um, the kids varied in ages when they were recording the film, like Fred, uh, um, Freddie Jones character, Kevin Clark, yeah. was actually 15 years old. Okay. And summer was the youngest. She was 10. Okay. But Freddie doesn't even like the actor. He still looks pretty young for being 15. Yeah. 
Well, when they said Zach was 10 in the movie, I'm like, that kid looks older than 10. That kid looks yeah. like at least 13, 14, but what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I have one cool, like, freaky, like, nerdy thing I have here, but the parallel of Dewey at the very start crowd surfing in the beginning, and then he falls yeah. on his face, and then they end the movie with him crowd yeah. surfing, and, like, they, he gets carried, and it's like it's like this full circle moment. Of, like, yeah. that's his you made it moment. Yeah, he's accomplished what he wanted to do. It's the one yeah. good show, right? Yeah. And the kids remind him of that too, right? Because he's all mad that they didn't win. And they're like, hey, man, all we came for was one good show or whatever. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, you guys are right. Um, but yeah, I noticed that too. Just like he seemed so content take riding that mm-hmm. crowd out. Yeah. And it was, I think, uh, yeah, Freddie says like uh, one good, you said to us that one good rock show can change the world. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's all my freaking geek stuff. So. Uh, I had two <laughs> ones just like a weird it's not any of this stuff but I was died uh, one of our favorite inside jokes with you and me is like when Lawrence plays the solo and he does the finger pointing and he's like <laughs> yes <laughs> I was like uh, Van was working today and she heard me in her meeting upstairs because I was screaming like yes Lawrence yes go because <laughs> uh, he was doing that finger pointing and then the other one that I didn't ever really notice until today which is uh the scene where he comes, he pulls up and Summer's waiting for him. And it's when she tells him that she knows what the groupies are or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a very Wes Anderson Rushmore homage. Like, she, because she's sitting there and she's got like the bray on. Yeah. And then like the private school behind it. Even like the Who song they're playing is very reminiscent. Like Wes Anderson likes to use like the kinks and like bands like that in all of his movies. It's very like... I was like, oh, that's totally just a little bit of like an homage to like a Wes Anderson movie. But other than that, that's all I got. Yeah. All right. I got category seven is the Brad Pitt Award for best quote. I have a bunch. I'm assuming you do too. Uh, Yeah, I got three or four. All right. So let's just go back and forth. um, And then, yeah, let's just go back and forth. So I'll start here. So uh, you guys... The band is about to hit it big time, and we're going to win the Battle of Bands. And when I'm rolling in the Benjamins, I will throw you and your dog a bone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got the quote. It's too long, but the one where he's talking about the man uh, <laughs> and ruined the ozone, and he's burned down, he kidnapped Shamu, and he put her in the chlorine tank, and he's going to call you like fat, washed up loser. <laughs> yeah, that's, I love that scene. Would you tell Picasso to sell one of his guitars? <laughs> uh of course you can fancy pants <laughs> when he asks him if he's allowed to like he doesn't want to be the security he's like can yeah. i can i do the fast of course you can fancy pants yeah. read between the lines theo read between the lines <laughs> yeah he doesn't do the the he does the same thing in the high fidelity except he actually does the, he shoots it he was like pow, pow, and then the <laughs> fingers come down and then he's just got the middle um uh, and then mine is like the I pledge allegiance to the band of Sh- Mr. Schneebly and we'll not fight him. You and I have done that one a million times. Yeah. Um, that's the other one. And then he all, like, let's get rocking. So. Yeah. All right. I have a, I'm going to bang through these last ones I have here. Okay. Kay. Look, here's the deal. I got a hangover. Who knows what that means? It means you're drunk. No. It means I was drunk yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's your name? Freddie Jones. Freddie Jones, shut up. <laughs> and I love how all the kids love him. Freddie says that too. Yeah. I'm not a satanic sex god anymore. I'm a working stiff, and that's cool. <laughs> Freddie, what do you like to do? I don't know. Burn stuff. 
Freddie's such a little fucking nihilist. He's a little shit yeah. disturber. You could be the ugliest sad sack on the planet, but if you're in a rock band, you're the cat's pajamas, man. You're the bee's knees. <laughs> um, yeah, you're a fat loser and you have body odor. You're tacky and I hate you. Oh, I love that one. You're tacky and I hate you. <laughs> um, you know who else has a weight issue? Me. But once I get on stage and start doing my thing, people worship me because I'm <laughs> sexy and chubby, man. And then the last one I have is I like to eat. Is that such a crime? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's like a, it's all Jack Black. And there's so yeah. many other ones where it's just like, he definitely just like riffed and you would like, when he yeah. would, uh, when he finally finds out that Zach is playing the guitar and he's just like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are all Jack Black. There's one, I think a one that's not him. Yeah, right. exactly. So, all right. The eighth award is the blind pig award for the one night stand. Who do you want to hang out for one night and one night only? Um, the only person I had was like I put sp- spider question mark like the creepy guitar dude. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'd like to hang out with anybody in that movie. Like I guess I guess you know, I guess Dewey would be fun for a night. I would <clears throat> hang out with Dewey for like long periods of time. Yeah, like the, especially his end yeah. self. But like, yeah, I'm just saying it's, the movies like basically every category. Like he just dominates the movie so much, right? That you're just yeah. kind of like after a while, you're like, I don't want to say Dewey's name again, but. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I put Spire because, like, he might yeah. be. He's in a rock band. Yeah. <laughs> um, the ninth award is the Al Pacino Award for overacting. Um, I got like, I got two, and then I want to ask you about someone. Oh, stuff. okay. I got Joan Cusack. Specifically, how dare you? specifically when how she's dare like you? drunk when she's drunk no. in the car. In the no, car. how yes. dare you? How dare you besmirch Joan Cusack's name? No, she's like really annoying in that scene not like not in anything else not in any like other scene no. but in that particular scene no that's lloyd dobler's sister how dare you how dare you i don't i don't care she just really bothers me in that one scene and you even said you didn't even like that scene i don't like that scene but that's how she's you're supposed to not like her that means it's yeah. really that's good acting yeah um i just like zach's dad he's like in it for a little bit but he's definitely like he shows up to set and he's like, I got this. I'm going to make the most out of these two, three lines and I'm just going to be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and then I wanted to ask you about, I guess, Sarah Silverman's like, obviously she's bad or like, she's, um, you know, she's supposed to be hated in this movie and I yeah. think she does a good job of it. But I guess my question was, what do you think of Sarah Silverman as like a comedian? Oh, I love Sarah Silverman as a comedian. She's genius. Like stand up, her show was like mm-hmm. genius. I love Sarah Silverman. So, I mean, she's kind of portrayed as your stereotypical like evil woman making the the weak, the cuckolded man do all this kind of stuff, uh, which is a stereotype. But she does a really <clears throat> damn good job with it. Like you, yeah. you dislike this woman a lot. The whole there's no redeeming quality about her. No, she's terrible. Movie. She's yeah. terrible. Um. Was, was that like her first thing or she had been like a comedian then? Oh no, she'd been around forever. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, she was, she'd been on SNL even like 10 years before. Oh. No, she, yeah. Uh, she was an That's... SNL cast member. Apparently she uh, would stick around with the scenes with the kids and like would yeah. hang out with the kids as much as Jack Black would. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I heard a thing. I like, I guess I should have put it in Freaks and Geeks, but uh, Jack Black and Sarah Silverman sat down with Lawrence the actor and his parents yeah. and like had dinner, had lunch with them one day and just yeah. chatted with them. Oh, and awesome. Like, Lawrence said like it was like one of the coolest things about the whole thing was yeah, just having lunch with awesome. Um, 
Two All right. Big movie stars. Yeah. Uh, the Steph Curry Award for the actor or actress who just never misses. And speaking of Steph Curry, he is on an absolute tear as yep. of late. Uh, I had boy. Joan Cusack. There you go. I had the see. I had the opposite. You said she overacted. I said she didn't miss a single thing. She's perfect all the way through. She's fantastic, and I love especially that like that stuff at the end with the with the teacher oh, yeah. or with the guitar um, player with Spider. <laughs> uh i like had uh i really like miranda cosgroff i think as an actress like she ended up being the biggest like an actually that whole tv show yeah. that i that i yeah. watched um it was like a big thing when i was a yeah junior high-ish and i think she's the best child actor in the show she is oh, an actor. Yeah, for sure um then i also put like freddie and fancy pants they were awesome right? <laughs> yeah like they really make or especially fans pass makes the most of or i think oh, it's yeah. billy he makes yeah. the most of it. He has like no lines at all, and every one of them's gold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ben Affleck Award for the streaky performance. I had Joan Cusack because of the she. I thought she was fine until the one scene. All right. Whatever. We're just going to yeah. agree to disagree. That's how it's going to be. All right. You don't have anyone for that award? No. Yeah. Um, scenes you wish you saw. Um, you know, when they briefly talk about the mega death days when like Dewey and Ned were in a band together and they show like <laughs> yeah. a picture of them. I want like, maybe like a little flashback to a like, flashback would have been dope. Yeah. What, like what was going on, especially <laughs> Ned, like seeing him in a different light because you could yeah. tell he was there, but like he's yeah. being like, we talked about held back by this stereotypical yeah. character. Um, uh, yeah. And then the last one I had was the deep dive into the rock history board. Yeah. Or like where there's actually a, you know how they like, like briefly, he just like, is like yeah. pointing at it. But like, I want like a full scene of him, like, we start here and we go to here and he's writing it out that i don't know why yeah. that wasn't in it yeah the one that i so i have one and it's one where they never really like so he doesn't teach so he's teaching a rock band but as an educator you're watching that and you're no like they're learning music, they're learning history, they're learning language arts, they're using science, like they're doing all of these sorts of things as part of their larger project that have educational value. And I, I remember the first time watching it that that was kind of going to be one of the scenes where someone was going to be like, hey, like, you think he didn't teach us this, but we actually learned this stuff just mm -hmm. it's through music, but you're still learning, like you could study the clash and learn about 1970s london or you know what i mean like or bruce yeah. springsteen and talk about reaganomics or whatever you know what i mean like you could use or like well it's music is poetry like that's yeah well that's, that's it, a lot of it reflects the times right you could talk about marvin gay and talk about like the civil rights movement or sam cook or whatever right like you could do that or you know exactly like, music is math like the scales and all of that that they're doing that's mathematics like the guys building like the guy's building laser, like the guy's doing like a laser show on his computer and they're building yeah. like pyrotechnics, like they're running a business. Like there's all kinds of different aspects to that. That's actually would be in a curriculum. And it's, I always thought it was interesting that they never really went down that as a scene. So yeah. like, Hey, no, actually we are learning stuff. And they, they also do like some con, like some construction stuff. Cause they're soundproofing yeah. the, they're soundproofing yeah. the room or whatever. Um, yeah, that's, I never thought about that. That is interesting, but I think I, I, I really wanted to see, like, even now I've seen it a hundred times and I still like think it's going to come and it never comes. It's like, he actually like writes out the history board. Yeah. 
And he's like, we start here and then we're going to go like, yeah. Well, I can do it. If anybody, I just, we'll film another scene and I'll just get that rooster <laughs> kimono <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll fake the scene. We'll get okay. Mickey to film it and I'll give him a Subway <laughs> six <inch> sub. <laughs> okay. In a case of beer. Um, yeah. All right. Category 13 is the elevator pitch where we pitch each other like a prequel or sequel. Um, I'll just read you the actual idea that they have right now is Mike okay. White has talked about it. Um, where I have it here on my notes. Where is it? Uh, school of Rock 2 would follow Dewey Finn leading a group of summer school students on a cross-country road trip that delves into oh. the history of rock and roll. That would be cool. See, I like that idea. It yeah. would be sort of like uh, <clears throat> what was that Dave Grohl thing where he traveled to different cities and kind of learned about yeah. different... But yeah, you could totally do like... A, they go to New Orleans and they learn about jazz. They go to whatever Woodstock. Where's, and they learn. where's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, um, Cleveland, Ohio. But you yeah. know they could go to San Francisco and learn about psychedelic Summer of Love and yeah, exactly. Like go to the Heartland and learn. Like go to Pennsylvania or, or sorry, New Jersey and learn about Springsteen or you know uh, go out the Mississippi Delta and learn about blues and jazz and yeah. I mean that would that would be that's a cool. I like that idea. Yeah, that's my idea. Um, that's the idea, idea. I like, yeah, no, that's a good idea. I like that. Uh, I had, I, I came up with another one was that they, if we go back to 2003, so like if we could, so like the movie comes out in 2005 and they land a record label yeah, and they go on a tour and then Dewey, like Jack, he, le- he goes back to being egotistical and he leaves their band because he gets another opportunity to like finally make it with a bunch of adults. Yeah. And then he goes through like this, um, oh, I like miss the kids or something. Yeah. That would be good if the band he leaves them for is becomes Tenacious D. Like actually becomes <laughs> his, his his real life band, and, and they've got like Dave Grohl and like Josh Home as like the guitar player and the drummer with him and Kyle. That I'd be down for. Yeah, but I do uh, like Jack, the uh, cross country better. Jack Black appears, and him and Dave Grohl appear in a lot of stuff together whether it's music videos or, uh, or elsewise. Um, I like that idea. Yeah. So you didn't have a pitch. You're just going to steal the one that, uh, yeah, I know uh, that was my pitch. The summer, <laughs> summer school one across. I mean, it seems weird. They're all older now, but yeah, I don't know. How you'd I think, have to, you'd have I think it was, guy, uh, right? I think it would, no, it was, it would be Dewey Finn, like Jack Black, but then a yeah. new group of kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could cool. like bring it. Or like the kids now are maybe teachers and they go with them, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, category 14 is, would you watch this as a Broadway musical? I think you could do justice to it. I don't know if I would watch it, but I think you could do a job. Did they make one? It was on Broadway. And it, it was? Uh, the tank? It, it tanked. And I think it could work if like Jack Black agreed to like, yeah. do it, to reprise yeah. the role. Yeah. Uh, both the movies we've talked about, whether it's this or Ferris, like the the leading roles are really so iconic, like for the actors and it, they don't seem easily replaceable. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's just my lack of imagination, but I don't think so. Like, I just think that they're hard to replicate that spirit and the way their personality captures those movies and they, they carry it. They basically, I mean, Ferris basically narrates the movie as he goes through yeah. Roderick and this one, he's like one actor with a bunch of kids. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that's how I feel same as about the remake too. Right. Like, yeah. It's hard to do. The thing, I guess it, it's, 
it's a lot easier to like turn School of Rock. Obviously, they did. It's it, yeah. it was on Broadway. It's easy because there's a bunch of music in it. They just yeah. gotta find a get way the, to nail it, and they did. Yeah, and get the musical rights. Like, did they have the rights to all the songs? Like, that could be a thing, right? Like, yeah, Zeppelin costs like a million dollars a song, yeah. or something crazy. Like, it's no, it's not, not inexpensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always feel like with remakes or things where they, they transition from stage to and going both ways, there's got to be something a little bit different, right? Like, I don't know. That's how I feel. Like, I don't want to watch Hamilton on TV. I don't no. know. Like, I don't. Like, I just, no. you know, um, but that's I'm weird that way, I guess. Yeah. Um, category 15 is Schindler's List to the super bad rewatchability scale, with Schindler's List being a fantastic movie that I'll never watch again. And Superbad being one of the most rewatchable movies in my filmography. Um, I think after rewatching it, it was like, I'm going to start continue to rewatch it a lot more because I'd yeah. probably taken like five or six years off of it because yeah. I don't know, I just did. But well, we watched it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, it's going to be back in my repertoire, I think. Good. Uh, yeah. That's, I, I haven't, I felt the same way. I was like, man, I haven't watched this in a long time. I like that. I would say it's like it's a good eight out of ten to me, like in terms of rewatchability. Like it's not like full, like I'm gonna watch it every single year, but um definitely. And it's always one of those ones. It's actually like, well, you don't really get movies in syndication anymore, but like when stuff would just show up on TV, you're like, oh, I'll watch that. Like it's yeah. it doesn't always seem like one of those ones where it's on, but uh yeah. 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 No. It's it's more of um I don't feel like I could just have it on and just like walk around i have to actually like physically sit down take the time and watch it where like some other movies we've talked i've talked about on this pod where it's fine to have just on yeah absolutely yeah yeah yep um all right the last category is the mvp of the movie yeah i have four nominees because you know you have to have some nominees of course okay but there's really only i whatever here we go jack black mike white richard linklater and then just rock and roll in general. <laughs> oh, okay. So I think it's Jack Black, I think is the MVP of the yeah. movie. But I can make a case for Mike White because he like like we talked about, he Jack Black as an actor can only do things can only take a movie so far. And then the writing is what like really yeah. dives it into like a classic. Um Richard Linklater, this isn't his best movie, like Days yeah. and Confused. You could a couple other ones. Um and then rock and roll, you know, now you show this to a young kid now, and this is like yeah. a, a quick lesson. <laughs> yeah. I would nominate a fifth thing, which would just be the kids as a cast. So the ensemble of the kids, which is a yeah. really great sort of unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they, like, they were the ones that were made the movie really. Cause yeah. like Jack Black's going to be Jack Black. You know what you're going to get. But if those kids are any shittier than they are, that movie sucks. Like it's yeah. it's fine, and it's not like oh my god, it's amazing. It's like oh okay, it's a kind of Nickelodeon Disney whatever. Yeah. Like I'll watch it, but it, I won't ever watch it again. But the kids like just being so good, subtly good, like not scene stealers, nothing like crazy, but even just being good at their craft and being good musicians, so that you just buy this whole concept of like oh these are kids who are really good and get together and play this show mixed with like the human fucking tornado that is <laughs> that is jack black and then it's like yeah. okay then you get comedy gold right so yeah you know i well, the thing that i do like about the link later stuff is that it, it's it's tight 
there's not a lot of wasted scenes right yeah, there he isn't d- like he doesn't go he doesn't go the two hour 15 two hour 30 yeah. minute movie no like it's like a, it's an hour i don't know what the actual time is but it was like a like an hour 48 there you go an hour 45 like that's good like get through your scenes have your have your three acts do your normal arc and get the hell out like don't add in any extra stuff that you know you're trying like oh i can't like no so that's what I, one of the things i liked about it is it's just got a real it never felt yeah it's good it's perfect yeah and it doesn't it doesn't feel rushed either no exactly like it's a nice pace it's got a yeah. good pace yeah um, everybody gets developed properly so that's also the script. They got a, I don't know what the rewrites were like, but if you've got a tight script like that, where you're like, okay, done. Yeah. You know, and then even knowing that they kind of some, some of those scenes makes a difference. So I think we both agree it's Jack Black, but like I, like Mike White's not too far behind. He's like a good second. I me. would have the kids first. As Jack the MVP? Black. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. We just, yeah. att- all right. Yeah, this is his best movie, though I think. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't agree? I, well, I mean, it's hard to beat high fidelity. Like his, I mean, that's a get. It's the thing is, it's a get. It's a supporting, so it's very different, right? But like, as an overall movie, that movie, like, that's one of my favorite movies ever. Like, that's a top ten movie for me ever. High fidelity, so it's hard for me to to step on that, but but it is a very small role compared to this. Like, so yeah. yeah. But also like, I think we really vastly undervalue how great he is as Poe as po in Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> in like, the first one specifically. For, for the first one. And the second one's got like beautiful animation. It's not him, yeah. but it's a beautiful looking movie. But yeah, the first one, like he's great. But yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to really. The thing is, is that with the thing with him being Poe is that there's so many like other big actors like Angelina Jolie's in it. Um, mm-hmm. Who plays the uh, the tiger? In it? it's like uh, well, there's Jack- Jackie Chan. Yeah, Jackie Chan's in it, but the bad guy. Oh, um, from Deadwood. Uh, yeah, yeah. Him. He in. Uh... Oh, Let me look it up. Let me look it up. Bugging me. Ian but, McShane. Uh, yeah, Ian, Ian McShane. McShane. Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, I remember when Poe when that movie came out, like Kung Fu Panda, we were stoked for it, and it was awesome. Yeah. Well, and like Seth Rogen's in it, right? He's one of the guys, yeah. and then Lucy Liu is like one of, is the grasshopper, isn't she? Like, and then uh, the crane is uh, the guy, bald headed guy with glasses. Um, oh yeah, you recognize him, but like he's the crane, so like that's their whole cast. Yeah, it's like a dope cast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Dustin, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman is Master Shishu, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. James Hong is Mr. Ping, like his dad or whatever. So good. Oh, David yeah. Cross is Kane. That's yeah. right. I forgot about David Cross. Yeah, and Ian McShane is Tao Long. That's a good cast. Yeah. yeah. Um, we talked about like if it would work as a remake. I think like it's it wouldn't, it, just because you can't get Jack Black, but I think like a a spiritual like a sequel like i think a sequel is yeah. i would is really in the works you know if they did it now it would yeah. i think it would still do good because there's so many things you can go with it i think if you were to do like yeah or even like a, a, a mini series or something like that like a six episodes like uh netflix series or something like that i mean cool. yeah yep um but yeah those are that's the end of the pod do you have anything else you want to say before we like we get going i have another idea okay what if 
<laughs> I don't know why this came into my head, but what if it was like uh, the School of Rock guys met up with the Muppets and did like a cross country thing with the Muppets and they played with like the Muppet band, like Sergeant Floyd's band and then like Jack Black hanging out with like Animal and all of that. But then you just like you really adult it up like it's them just doing heavy drugs and like <laughs> marijuana like it's a total pot movie. It's like Jason Siegel in it. Yeah, exactly. And you're just, that was my thing. You just keep bringing in like the Muppets. You bring in like character, like you bring in actors and musicians, like in yeah. the classic things. They just sort of show up, like in the Muppet movies in the show. All there's like hundreds of actors in it, right? Uh-huh. That's totally what you would do. It would be. Maybe you don't even need it's School of Rock's Muppet version. They just Muppetize it, <laughs> and then you have the real people in it. But then, but you go really adult with it, and it's like a stoner bus tour across like America, doing like acid and like like uh, peyote, doing like spirit quests, like wandering the desert, <laughs> playing rock and roll. Uh, which also, no, yeah, you no kind of, showers. Yeah, you kind of do like even like. Remember, I don't know if you have you seen Wayne's World tour. Wayne's World tour no. two, where they go. Oh, there's like a whole scene where they go find the the. I think it's the ghost of Jimmy. Oh, the ghost of uh, 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 Jim Morrison in like the desert. Like, oh. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that all of a sudden, but I just thought of like of like Jack Black playing with Muppets. I guess is probably where it came from. And I was like, that would be so fantastic. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for uh, coming on again, and thank you for joining the uh, prestigious club. The only two people are in. No problem. Tell Mickey, uh, Mickey, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. <laughs> we might have to get you guys on a like a the three of us on a pod one oh, day. Don't even know. You already <laughs> did the Marvel thing with Mike. I'm glad you did that because if I had to do that with Mickey, I'd have to just like shake the shit out of him and his crappy movie rankings. I, of, I of do movie. have a. Um, idea for the three of us to do one movie that it has it's like not a marvel movie but it's like a good summer movie that oh, i'm not going to okay. reveal right now reveal off air but the okay. three of us could do it together but yeah uh, anyways thanks for coming on no problem thank you for having me uh good night everybody good luck i don't know <laughs> as i do i'm going to reveal uh the next movie that i'm doing next week with a quote so here we go <clears throat> you're telling me you made a time machine out of a delorean all right everyone take care and we'll see you next week Peace. You're still here? It's over. Go to bed. Go to work. Go. I'll be here next week. Go. Bye.